Well, welcome. My name is James. One of the pastors here, whether you're in the building or online. Uh, it is good to see you. I will move this bit back. Beautiful. Thank you. Well, 2021, the year of loving our neighbor. And uh, we're taking the month of January each Sunday until we get to the last Sunday of this month to look at one of the one another passages uh, that are scattered all throughout the Bible. Last week, we looked at uh, be at peace with one another. Uh, Next week, we're going to look at uh, be hospitable to one another. But today's one another is not all that flashy. It's not sexy. If it was a podcast, you probably wouldn't listen to it. But I think this one another is key to getting through this year, is key for you not only getting through this year, but actually flourishing. It's bear with one another. Bear with one another. And so what I simply want to do in the next 20 or so minutes is camp out on one verse. Ephesians 4, verse 2, here's the verse, and just unpack and chew over this simple sentence that has some profound things to say to us. All good? Great. Let's do it in reverse order. Let's start with the one another, the heart of this, bearing with one another. You could translate another way, put up with each other. That's probably an easy way of saying it, put up with each other, because a lot of life, friends, is doing exactly that, is putting up with the people in your life. You think about it, they've got bad breath, they bite their nails, they're inconvenient, they're running late, they forget your name, and that's just the people you live with, right? You think about all the different people you rub shoulders with. A lot of it is annoying, right? I mean, people in your life don't reply to text messages, or if they do, they reply with 10 messages, but could be one message. You know, there's over-talkers, close-talkers, they never talk. There's people in your life who are always complaining, or always finding the bright side of things, and it's a bit annoying. There's somehow they always bring you back to Trump or climate change or how great almond milk is. I mean, these people in our lives who are always running late or who arrive way too early. They're leaving lights on. They talk during movies. They even crack their knuckles. A lot of people in our life are annoying and we just have to bear with one another. Now, the things I've mentioned, are they sin? No, no, no. This is not forgive one another. This is bear with one another. And you and I don't have a choice, really, who we bear with. Your family, well, they're blood. If you've got kids, well, you get what you get and you don't get upset. When it comes to church, you can choose to come to this church, but you don't choose who else comes to this church. A lot of life is bearing, putting up with the people in our world. And just as a side note, as you bear with one another, remember, people have to bear with you. You think, I'm not annoying. You have no idea, right? (laughs) We have to put up with you all the time. You have to put up with me, right? We're all bearing with one another. It's called life. Now, the question is, what type of bear are you when it comes to bearing with one another? Because there's two tendencies you'll fall into. Either you'll be a grizzly bear or a teddy bear, right? As you bear with one, and some of you are more a grizzly bear, right? People are annoying, and you sort of tend to overbear, to devour them, to control them, change them, fix them, 
right? Or some of us are more like a teddy bear. We kind of, for peacemakers, cuddle it out, right? We want to, you know, don't want to cause offense, so you let people walk all over you. That's why these two words are crucial. Bearing with one another in love. Bearing with one another in love. If you're more a grizzly bear, bearing with one another in love means you're not seeking to control or change people. That's God's job, not yours. As you bear with one another, rather than controlling or overbearing, it means loving, being kind, being merciful, being gracious, even though you find it very difficult. If you're more the teddy bear kind of kind of bearing with one another, if people are walking over, if people are mistreating you, even though they're abusing you, those two words are crucial because out of love, it is good for you to get out of that situation, loving for you and loving for the perpetrator because what they're doing is not right. When we bear with one another, it is always in the context of love. We do not bear with one another just like you bear with that junk drawer that's filled with things that you don't want to deal with in your house, right? You kind of know it's there, but you kind of ignore it, right? That's not what we're talking about. We bear with one another in love. We bear and we bless. We build up. We brighten. Now, that is true anytime. God's Word is timeless, but it also is very timely. And so I think this is particularly a special word in the season that we're in now. Here's what I mean. What we have been through in terms of COVID and are going through in 2020 into this year is massive, right? But the blessing about being in Australia is, statistically speaking, you probably don't know or know very few of people who've actually got COVID or even more so who have died from COVID. So we're sort of in this blessing part of the world, right? Though we've not experienced big griefs like friends overseas have, we've all experienced a lot of little griefs, and they're building up in our lives. So little griefs like, well, the loss of job, that's a big grief, but all of us are going through little griefs of fear of losing our job. The worry is it's safe. The little griefs of exhaustion, of watching the news, the restrictions on and off, the numbers, the cases, how many today. There's the little griefs of working from home and getting over t- just getting over it. There's the little griefs of not being able to see family, whether overseas, interstate, in aged care. There's holidays being cancelled. Last year's bushfires, this year COVID. And if your holiday hasn't been cancelled, the anticipation is gone, which is part of the enjoyment of holidays because the anticipation has changed with anxiety. Will I actually go? And we got through 2020, and it was almost like climbing over the finish line and realising that you're not over the line, but you're halfway through the marathon. And though you look good, under that mask, you look good. But inside, a lot of us are exhausted, zonked, and over it. And the thing with all these little griefs are, is though we feel them, know them, we can't talk about them. Because if I asked you and you shared a little grief, what would come out of your mouth? Something along the lines of, well, I can't complain, I don't have COVID. Well, I can't complain, I'm much more blessed than others over there. And so we kind of, what we do, we sort of suppress it a bit more, a bit more, a bit more. And because we play this comparison game where someone's got it worse than me, I can't share 
but I bottle. So two things. One is, it's not a comparison. It's not a competition. It's okay to say, this sucks, right? It's okay to be disappointed. It's okay to share when things are hard, right? That's okay. There's times to be thankful, but there's also times to lament. So that's for yourself. When it comes to bearing with one another, what we need to be aware, you talk to any grief expert, right, and they'll say you bottle and bottle and bottle, and at some point it has to come out. And it's probably going to come out this year. So particularly with this thing, bear with one another. That's going to be the theme for this year, right? Bearing with one another as we process what has happened because it's big. That's why these two words are very important. Be patient. Be patient as we bear. That word patient means enduring annoyances and difficulties over a period of time. Now, some of us struggle with patience. We want a solution. We want to focus on the positive. We want to move on, right? But patience is enduring annoyances and difficulties. God has called us to be patient as we bear with one another. And this year, as we process unpack what has happened and is happening to our world, we will need to be patient as we bear with one another. If you're married, the strain of COVID on your marriage is probably more significant than you realize. So be patient with your spouse. Listen to them more so than you normally would. If you have kids, Though they may not have been affected by COVID, it's just the world they grow up in, they are more affected by your experience than you realize. And they may be asking for your attention in very unhelpful ways. Be patient with them. Friends, your friends, some are down the ever-fearful line of COVID and feel like we're living in the UK when we're just really living in Australia, hyper-paranoid. Or you've got friends who are COVID deniers who think it's all because of 5G. Be patient with them. When it comes to church, the restrictions will come and go. We can stand, we can't stand. The mask on, the mask off. We can sing, we can't sing. It's going to be like this all year. Be patient as we bear with one another. When it comes to our senior pastor, I can say this is on holidays, be patient with him. He's going to make decisions that you may make different decisions. You don't need to send the email. It's okay. Be patient with him. Be patient with one another as we experience the little griefs in different ways. We're all going to do it in different ways. Patience, friends, though, it's not a quality just for some Christians. Because some of us think, well, I'm not a kind of patient kind of person. I'm a short fuse. I'm Italian. You know, I'm a fixer. Whatever it is, we kind of have these excuses of why we're not patient. Patience is not a gift of the Holy Spirit given to a few. It is the fruit of the Holy Spirit. And you've placed your trust in Jesus. God, the Holy Spirit, dwells in you, and He is a God of patience. And the fruit that He dwells in you is that you show patience. This is not just for some. It is for all believers. Patience. But you notice there's two things before being patient. Be completely humble and gentle. 
Now, I imagine the word that kind of juts out for us is this word here, completely. You know what it is in the Greek? It means completely, right? It means all of it. It is what it says it is, right? Because we kind of don't like it. Like, really humble, completely humble, completely. Can I just be humble in the things I'm not good at, like archery or baking? Can I just be gentle when I'm on holidays, not midweek? No, 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 completely in every season, with every person, in every way. This word here, humble, it's a, it's a mindset word. It's a lowliness of mind, right? The opposite is pride, thinking that you're in control, thinking highly of yourself than you ought. When it comes to being completely humble, let's say with your plans, as you, as you map out this year, it's knowing that you do not know what's coming. You have no idea what this year holds, but you know who holds it, and it's not you. And so as we plan, which is a good thing to do, being completely humble in our plans means we sit loose to them. If it's God's will, this will happen. And the litmus test of no, you're on the right track is your prayer life. Am I the one setting the agenda or am I trusting God? If it's His will, let it be done. When it comes to acts of love, being completely humble as we show charity, show kindness, as we show mercy to those around us and those in our world, we do this through the lens of humility. Let me explain. There's a difference between when a dad takes the kids out for the first time compared to the mum. I speak personally here, right? The first time I took all three kids out for the first time by myself, I do what most dads do. You know what it is? I want the world to know. Here I am. I've packed up, I've got the three kids, and we're going out, and I'm solely responsible. So what do we do? We put on Facebook, we, you know, we want to make sure the world knows. If we walk along the street, get comments, well done, Dad, good job, you know, you're babysitting, I know I'm better than that. You, know, you want the world to know that you're doing this thing. Compare that to my wife, the first time she took kids out. Just did it. No social media, no fanfare, just went about what most mums do, humbly going about the day-to-day. That's what we want to be when it comes to acts of love. We just do it. We don't need the fanfare. We don't need the... We just humbly love people. What about gentle? This is rather than a mindset kind of word, this is a manner, a way you go about. Be gentle. When you are two, it's probably the two words your mum or dad said to you most often. Be gentle, be gentle, right? Why? Because you're hitting your brother with a stick. Right? Be gentle, be gentle, you push your sister. You know, that's the two, what be gentle, be gentle. But Paul here is not saying this to kids, he's saying this to us adults. Be gentle. When fair and unfair criticism comes your way, be gentle. When you're stuck behind a slow driver, be gentle. When that work colleague makes a mistake and it's a big setback, be gentle. When things break, when they don't go to plan, when you get unfortunate news, be gentle. When the person in your connect group talks about their cat for the 20th time, be gentle. That your gentleness be evident to all, the Lord is near, says Philippians 4. And let me just clarify, right? Gentleness is not just a word for the women. Often we think gentleness is a feminine thing. I've heard it said that back in the day, a 
gentleman was a, a title reserved to the man in the local town who carried the sword, right? That was the gentleman. It was sort of this restraining of power. I don't know if that's true or not, but I know this is true. Jesus, when he said to those winds and the waves, shh, and it did, showed he had immense power. But he was a man known for his gentleness. Gentleness is not the absence of power, but the restraining of it. And to the men in the room, God cares more, or online, God cares more about your gentleness than your money, your muscle, or achievement. That's what he's on about. That's what he wants for you, to be a man of God who is, like his son, gentle. With your words, with your hands, with your strength. Be completely humble and gentle. Be patient, bearing with one another in love. There's one thing, though, that we haven't talked about when it comes to this verse. That is the why. Why be all these things? Why be humble? Why be gentle? Why, why bear with one another? Why, why, why? If you talk to the average Sydney sider, more a secular point of view, they'll say something along the lines of, you don't really need a reason. You should just do these things because they're good, good for society. Just, just because, self-evident. And that sounds good, right? But when hard times comes, when pressure builds, when the stress mounts, when it's not convenient, you do need a greater reason than just because. Why bear with others who are neither living daylights out of you? Why show love to people who stand against everything that you're for? Why show patience to people when they don't deserve it? Why humble yourself when, let's face it, you're pretty good? Why be gentle with those who are weak when you're strong? The response, you should just do it, doesn't last very long. You need a motivation, a reason why outside of ourselves. And so that's why the verse before this one, Ephesians 2, says this. Verse 1, I urge you to live a life worthy of the calling you have received. See, the motivation for the Christian of why, why be all these things, is that God has called you to be. The one who made you, who made life, who knows how it's supposed to be lived, calls you to be these things. That means your life has meaning, it has purpose, and what you do actually matters. See, we as Christians are called to bear with one another because every single person bears the image of God and deserves dignity and value and respect. That doesn't come from us, that comes from God. So we're called to bear with other image bearers. We are called to show love to others because Christ loved us when we stood against everything he was for. While we were still sinners, enemies, Christ died for us. We are called to be patient every day because God is patient with you. It's probably exasperated in all sorts of ways, but he is patient to you, slow to anger, abounding in love. We are called to be humble because Jesus showed complete 
humility in giving up everything to be one of us. And we're called to be gentle because though he is powerful beyond belief, he is oh so tender with his children. You. God is not calling you to do something that he has not already done himself. And when you have experienced all this from God, you want others to experience it too. When you've received all this humility, gentleness, patience, bearing one another from God, you want others to experience it too. Let me end by talking about New Year's resolutions. Most years, I kind of create them. So I spend some time writing out some goals for the year. I do add generally a couple of goals where I feel good about myself, you know, like don't eat anchovies, uh, eat an apple, you know, tick, tick, you know, so I feel good, so I've achieved something. But I do kind of have these goals of like project kind of goals. But over the years, I've realized that there's nothing wrong with that. But God cares more about how I go about life than what I do. He's more interested in not who I rub shoulders with, but how. I interact with people. He cares not so much how many books or projects I've completed, but my character. And so that's why this verse, and I wonder whether for you, this is my goal for this year. Just this verse. To, by God's grace, be completely humble and gentle, be patient, bearing with one another in love. Because if I grow in that, you grow in that, then friends, this would be a good year. In fact, a great year. Be completely humble and gentle. Be patient, bearing with one another in love. Let me pray. Lord Jesus, you are like the perfect surgeon who works on our souls and hearts You don't get nervous, you don't get flustered, you don't get agitated. You have a steady hand because of your grace-filled heart. And so we gladly surrender to you today. May you work on our hearts by the power of the Holy Spirit for us to grow in humility and gentleness, in patience as we bear with one another in love. Amen.